changing my mind about brain science and neurodiversity in the workplace today. We're going to talk about it. Let's go. Welcome to the Internal Customer Handbook, a work culture podcast for people who lead people. This unpublished book turned podcast is for people leaders who want to create 21st century work cultures that look nothing like, but this is how we've always done it. I am your host, Wendy Conrad, work culture strategist and founder of Your Happy Workplace. And if you are wondering if why and how ethical leadership and business can coexist, then you are in the right place. So glad you're here. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Internal Customer Handbook Podcast. I am your host, Wendy Conrad, and today, neurodiversity in our workplaces. I talk a lot about brain science in my work and here on the podcast. And, but also, I've realized that I've been doing it wrong. I've been talking about it in a very neurotypical way. Yes, there are some generalizations that we can make about how our brains work as human beings based on research, but what about those whose brains work even slightly differently? Not everyone's brains function in this exact same way. A friend of mine is navigating her own ADHD diagnosis and is also possibly on the autism spectrum. And we had a Voxer conversation recently that made me rethink how I was talking about brain science here on the podcast. She mentioned specifically rejection dysphoria, which is something I had never heard of before. So we talked about it, but I did a little research and this is an explanation of what it is from WebMD. Quote, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, or ADHD, makes it harder to focus, pay attention, and sit still. Most people who have ADHD are also very sensitive to what other people think or say about them. This is sometimes called rejection-sensitive dysphoria, or RSD which is not a medical diagnosis, but a way of describing certain symptoms associated with ADHD. WebMD goes on to say, quote, up to 99% of teens and adults with ADHD are more sensitive than usual to rejection. And nearly one in three say it's the hardest part of living with ADHD. And I will put a link in the show notes to that information on WebMD. And we were talking about rejection dysphoria specifically because my friend was in the process of updating her LinkedIn profile 
to reflect what she currently does. And she was thinking about how it might be received by her connections, specifically past coworkers. So something as simple as updating your LinkedIn can become challenging. And that may not be the quote unquote norm for me and you, but it is for my friend. And learning more about my friend's human experience made me think about how knowing that someone's brain works this way would change your relationship with them, whatever the nature of your relationship is. So what does this have to do with our workplaces anyway, Wendy? <laughs> when we're talking about our, our leadership practice, this is why it's a better strategy to have conversations and ask questions rather than be a dictatorship and demand that things are done a certain way and then get frustrated and even punitive when they are not. If the objective is the goal, is how we got there really that important? If how we got there is not how you or I would get there, or not how you've seen things done in the past, does that mean it's wrong? But this is how we've always done it is not a legitimate excuse and is an obstacle to an evolving workplace. Yes, brain science is a thing, and not every single person's brain works the same exact way. This may seem daunting when you have a team of 25, 50, 100 people. So you might be thinking, okay, so now I have to learn how 50 people's brains work. Is that what you're telling me? Not necessarily, just the awareness of knowing not everyone functions like you as an individual can help us be better leaders. Leading from a place of knowing this will shift how you lead. You probably know whether or not people on your team have kids or they're married or maybe what some of their hobbies are. So. If your workplace prioritizes and cultivates psychological safety or emotional safety, then these are things we can know about our team members too through conversations. In 2021, I became certified in mental health first aid. I feel like this training should be a bare minimum requirement if you are leading a team of people. You can take this course virtually and the cost can range anywhere from $40 to $200 depending on who your instructor is. The course is one day and there is some pre-class work that is involved, so it, it's a time commitment as well, but it's it's pretty comprehensive for a one-day class. And I think just having the awareness is so key. I will link to where you can find out more about becoming mental health first aid certified in the show notes. So what else can we do to support 
neurodivergent team members. Things like flexible hours, breaks during long meetings, making sure that presentations accommodate different reading, learning, and communication styles. I'll link an article in the show notes for more on Psych Central, which also has a list of recommendations on how employers can be supportive. And one might say, oh, so now I got to do something special for a few people. These things end up benefiting everyone. When you are inclusive, it literally benefits everyone. So leading with empathy is the key. Wouldn't flexible hours benefit everybody? Breaks during long meetings benefits everybody. Also, neurodiversity in the workplace is an asset, not necessarily an obstacle. Harvard Business Review magazine had an article in their summer edition of the magazine in 2017 titled Neurodiversity as a Competitive Advantage. And from that article, quote, Indeed, many individuals who embrace the concept of neurodiversity believe that people with differences do not need to be cured. They need help and accommodation instead. And this is from a quote from John Elder Robison. He is a scholar in residence and a co-chair of the Neurodiversity Working Group at the College of William and Mary. And he wrote that in a blog on Psychology Today's website. Robison himself has Asperger's syndrome. Post-episode Wendy popping in to give this update. So this article that I'm referring to here was written in 2017. And since then, the name for Asperger's syndrome has officially changed, although many may still use the term Asperger's syndrome when talking about their own condition. The symptoms of Asperger's syndrome are now included in a condition called Autism Spectrum Disorder, or ASD. So ASD is now the name used to describe a wide range of autism-like disorders. So I wanted to pop in with that update. Okay, back to our regularly scheduled episode. The article also notes, quote, everyone is to some extent differently abled an expression favored by many neurodiverse people, because we are all born different and raised differently. Our ways of thinking result from both our inherent machinery and experiences that have programmed us. And I'll link to that article, of course, in the show notes. So essentially, we we all think differently, just based on our different experiences our different genetics, etc., etc. So you might be thinking that neurodiversity is a challenge or a disability you have to accommodate for, but neurodivergent individuals often bring to the workplace out-of-the-box thinking and creative solutions, which really fuel innovation. So neurodiverse teams benefit from a workforce 
of different thinkers. So all of this to say, this will be an unlearning process for me. I'm hoping through continued awareness, I will shift how I talk about brain science going forward. And of course, I'm always open to feedback. So thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Internal Customer Handbook Podcast. I've been your host, Wendy Conrad, saying thanks for listening and bye for now. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Internal Customer Handbook Podcast. Please subscribe and share with friends. Want to send an email for the mailbag segment? I'd love to answer your work culture questions or hear your bad boss or toxic workplace stories to be shared right here on the podcast. Email me at wendy at yourhappyworkplace.com. Want to support the podcast and my work? Contribute at throwconfettiatme.com. Yes, you heard that right. Throwconfettiatme.com. It's an actual website. My dog agrees. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.